to the four-part teaching series, Understanding Healing, featuring Yvonne Atiyah. In this series, you'll get the biblical view for healing, as well as how it aligns with Jesus' work on the cross. And now, here's your host, Jeff Tharp. What is going on, everybody? Happy Wednesday. So this is part two of four of our teaching series. It's our sixth series that we've done, and it's called Understanding Healing, and it's with Yvonne Atiyah. And the first episode, part one of four, was so good. I loved it. Um, I just felt like it was very comprehensive, very in-depth. So today, part two of four is going to be really, really good, you guys. So uh, you're in for a treat. All right. So I think that's it. We are, uh, we get a lot of ground to cover. There's a lot of great, great stuff in today's episode. So without any further ado, for those of you who don't know my amazing guest, she's an author, she's a teacher, and she's also the founder of Celebrate Freedom Ministries. Give it up for my guest today, Yvonne Atiyah. Good, good, good. Welcome back for part two of four of Understanding Healing. Very exciting. Thank you. So excited to be with you. Thank you yeah, so much. Absolutely. Okay. So the first episode, part one, we talked about understanding the biblical view of healing, but we also, you brought in the Eastern perspective, the Western perspective, which is something that I think you uniquely have a good knowledge of and understanding of that because you are you were born in Egypt, <laughs> you know? Um, and so you understand that, that mentality, but, um, really, really great foundational teaching on just understanding healing, uh, from a biblical perspective, but what are we going to be talking about today specifically? Amen. So Jeff, what I want to do today is I have just been finding in my journey, the two, one of the two blockages to healing is faithful believers. They really want to please God. They want to know the will of God. This is huge. Mm-hmm. So I just find that those believers who believe in their heart that the will of God is for them to be healed, they become hungry to learn more. They press into understanding healing and they understand that healing is a journey. But if you deep in your heart and you love Jesus, but you feel maybe it's not God's will, then you will not press into that at all. Right. So the first thing I'm going to cover today is that is, is, is healing really the will of God or is it not the will of God? So that's something that we need to cover. Then another huge thing is that has Jesus paid the price or has he not? Mm. So is healing in the cross of Jesus or is it through the atonement or is it a benefit of the atonement? Now, these are all different because Let's be honest. Not everyone gets healed. Right. If Jesus paid the price, why am I still sick? Hmm. And so is healing guaranteed if I was to believe that Jesus died for my sins on the cross? So these are the two main points that I really want to help our viewers understand that. But before I start in all those two main points, I really want to help them understand the root cause of sickness. Hmm. So let's first of all get into that. And from there, we're going to figure out if healing is God's will. And if Christ did pay or he did not fully pay, or is it just a benefit? And these are all huge um, depth. It's actually funny enough. This is actually part of my doctoral studies because if he paid the price, well, why am I sick? 
if mm. I am sick, then maybe he did, he paid, but maybe it's a benefit. In other words, sometimes I get the benefit, sometimes I don't get the benefit. So I want to really get deeper into, into all of that. So why don't I begin with the first thing, the root cause of sickness. And I know there was a question put forward. Um, someone said, you know, why is it that I get healed from a condition and then I end up getting sick with another condition? So this is going to actually answer this question. But I'm going to talk about five different routes of um, the causes of illness. Number one, and it's obvious, sin. Sin is obviously a door to sickness. Now, not everyone who is sick has committed a sin, but sinful lifestyle and habits, they obviously open up this a door to sickness. Number two, which is huge, psycho-emotional factors. What psycho-emotional factors? It's when we don't get healed from past hurts mm, so we, trauma and all that yeah yeah so we go through something in the past and then we begin to think well i gave it all to jesus it's gone i'm a brand new creation in christ and we even feel guilty to go back and reconcile our past because we just think well jesus dealt with the past and therefore it's it, i'm okay and many people Think yeah. that time heals wounds. They'll be like, I'm okay. This happened to me 20 years ago. And I tell you, Jeff, in my experience, time does not heal wounds. No. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus does. Yeah. Not, not, not time. So when I have gone through a traumatic experience and I am not pressing into receiving inner healing from wounds, what's going to end up happening, those manifest as physical conditions. So sometimes I might end up with arthritis. Sometimes my eyesight can get affected. Sometimes pain manifests in my body because I'm carrying a lot of traumas. So that's obviously a door where sickness can come from. Um, demonic factors. Now, this is huge. I want to lay that out in a very sensible manner. Not every disease and sickness, the root cause is a demon. Okay. And we have heard, um, many have been hurt by the healing ministry and by charismatics and Pentecostals because of that. So we come to the larger body of Christ. They want to get healed. And what do we say to them? It's because you have a demon. Well, demons do bring in sickness and disease into our bodies. And I really, I'm going to give a biblical example. But not everything we have comes from a demon. Mm -hmm. So we need to find out the root cause. How do demons come? And I mean, that's another teaching for another day because healing and deliverance are intertwined. We mm -hmm. cannot teach healing without teaching deliverance because when we understand that if there's fear, unbelief, and anxiety, isolation, drugs, when there's hatred, bitterness, envy, gossip, when there's adultery, pornography, fornication, when there's occult, witchcraft, 
um, astrology, fortune telling, tarot cards, Uji board. What are all these? All these open up a door to the demonic. So if I am sick in my body, question number one would have to be, how did this sickness enter my body? And we get to see a great example of this in Luke 13. The woman who was double bent. And in this, this was a Sabbath. And Jesus walked up to this poor woman and he healed her. She had been sick for 18 years. And the Bible says that the Pharisees were angry at Jesus, saying to him, why did you heal her on the Sabbath? And Jesus said this to them in verses 15 to 16. He said, you hypocrites, each of you work on the Sabbath. Don't you untie your ox or your donkey from its stall on the Sabbath and give it water? This dear woman, a daughter of Abraham, has been in bondage by Satan for 18 years. What did Jesus say? That 18 years ago, she was in bondage by Satan. In other words, there was a time in her life where she was well. And then there was a time in her life where she got sick. So you need to identify the time as to when the sickness began. And if the root cause is sin or if it is past hurts or it is an open door to the demonic, which somehow entered into this woman's body. Mm -hmm. And the Bible said that Jesus healed her. So we need to understand that demons do bring sickness and disease. In the Western world, a lot of us just feel that during Jesus' days, there were demons, but today there's no demons. Mm -hmm. That is not correct. Right. Demons are there. Yeah. They have not repented. They are in the middle of churches. You will see people lifting up their hands in worship, and they have been I will not say possessed by a demon, but I would say they have been harassed or oppressed by a demon. Because if you're a believer, a demon cannot possess you. Jesus possesses you. But if you give an opportunity, then what will happen? Those demonic spirits will oppress you yeah. uh, and they will bring in sickness and disease. Yeah, so That's a huge door as well. Yeah. So really quick, I want to ask, because this is a term that gets thrown around and I was wondering if you could just explain it, because I'm sure there's people who've heard, you know, that they'll hear, okay, well, demonic oppression. Uh, no, they're not demon possessed. You know, a lot of people have heard that what you said they're they, they can be demonically oppressed. They can be oppressed by demons. Uh, but then would demonic oppression be the same as demonized if you say someone is demonized? So I was wondering if you could explain that term demonized. Right. Okay. So demonization means that this person has been controlled by Satan. Mm -hmm. And if you're a believer, the Holy Spirit controls you. So if we look at in the Bible, there's a lot of different examples. What is a good example of demonization? Uh, it's the man, the, the man at the um, gatherings 
who was demonized and he had lost control of his life. So when someone is totally demonized, it means that this person has actually lost control of their life. But even in saying that, Jeff, and that's going to bring freedom to many people, even this man who the Bible had so many allegiance of demons, he still did not fully lose his will. Because when he saw Jesus, the Bible says he ran towards him, not away from him. So he was still able to recognize that Jesus can set me free. But then, for example, you look at um, Matthew 16, when Jesus said to the disciples, I'm going to die, I'm going to go to the cross. Peter gets pretty upset and said to him, no way, Lord. What does Jesus say to him? Get behind me, Satan. Yeah. Because you're now. Like, (laughs) (laughs) That's not a demonization. Peter was not demonized, but he was influenced by a demonic spirit, Mm. which caused him to say to Jesus, no, this is not going to happen to you. Then you get to Mark 9, when the disciples came down from Mount Transfiguration, there was a man and he had a young boy. And the man said to Jesus, I brought my young boy to your disciples and they could not heal him. He was demonized. But the Bible says at times the spirit would torment him. It means that even those who experience demonization, it doesn't mean that they're demonized all day long. It can just mean that those demons, they may manifest whenever there is a light. And I've learned something about demons. When you minister and someone begins to manifest, it's not because they want to attack you. It's because those demons are so scared because so much light has been exposed. So that just gives us more and more authority and courage to just cast out demons from people. That is part of the Great Commission. So demonization is when someone is controlled by a demonic spirit. They've given what we call a legal right to that demonic spirit. And the moment, if someone's hearing me now and that's what you're feeling, it's as simple as decreeing and declaring that Jesus has the ultimate authority over your life, repent from that door or that sin and break every legal light with the demonic. Just say, in the name of Jesus, I break every legal right, um, every curse, every word I initiated intentionally or unintentionally. And then you can even say, I command every demonic spirit to leave my body. At that moment, that demon has no right to stay. Mm. And so that's obviously going down the path of deliverance. But you cannot separate healing from deliverance because what causes sickness can be the presence or the influence or the harassment of an evil spirit. So we need to know that. For example, if you've watched a scary movie, fear came into you. And as a result, you're just scared to even do ordinary activities. And then this fear ends up being manifested in, you know, high blood pressure. Or what does that mean? you got to find out the day where that came in. Repent, break every agreement with the demonic, cast out that spirit of fear. And it's so simple, Jeff, that we just think that it's so hard or we need someone special with 
special abilities. No, we don't. If you are a believer, like we taught last week, you carry the authority of Jesus. If you operate in the name of Jesus, you carry the authority of Jesus. So rest assured, we as believers can pray for ourselves or we can pray for others. So that's definitely a big door. Yeah. Another place where sickness and disease come in is what we call organic illness. Organic illness means that the structure or the tissue um, or the organ has been damaged. And it's almost like wear and tear. It's almost like an organ in your body has just been damaged. We, we don't know that. Maybe um, bacteria came in. Maybe it's a virus that came in. But it's when a virus or a bacteria come into the body, damage some sort of an organ and ruin it. That's basically, that's again another door. Then we have functional illness. That means that the function of one or more organism has been damaged. So organic is when a virus comes in and wrecks the tissues. But malfunction is functional illness. The great thing that I want to highlight is that this, Jesus healed all. Every single um, account in the Bible covers one or more of those points that I had just uh, mentioned. So don't be like, you know, stuck in, okay, but this is what I have. Okay, it's great to know the cause. Why know the cause if Jesus healed all? Because there could be a place where I need to forgive. There could be a place where I need to break the legal right between me and a demonic spirit so that I can get healed. So the question doesn't become, is it God's will or is it not God's will? And I'm going to get to that in a second. The question becomes, how did this come in? When did I? And so it's actually great. We normally interview people and it's as simple as when did this start? How did this start? Have you seen a doctor? What did the doctor say? Because sometimes when doctors are like, this is impossible and God breaks in, you just know that this is a supernatural healing. Right. Um, so you really just get to work with the condition. And that's very different to the old style healing evangelist on the stage, shouting a word. And then you're going home thinking, oh, I, I didn't get healed. So the idea is this doing healing how do we become how can i say practitioners of healing we know we've been entrusted with this ministry how do we actually work it out how do we come to this understanding that healing is not an event it's a journey of us discovering what we have understanding our body better and understanding god better hmm. i'm gonna say this beautiful quote because i love this man um, he is, his name is John G. Lake, and he's a wonderful healing evangelist, has been used by God mightily. But this is what he said. He said, when I saw for the first time by the word of God that sickness was not the will of God, everything in my nature rose up to defeat the will of the devil. Hmm. So he didn't know that before. But because he's studied scripture and we're going to get into those passages that he talks about, there's going to be something, there's going to be a lion that's going to rise up on the inside of us to be like, I am not going to be friends with this condition. 
this has to go i'm on this journey of discovering how it came in when it came in sometimes we even need to break generational curses for example sometimes diabetes and high blood pressure are generational mm -hmm. not all the time but sometimes so for example it, cancer i've i've prayed for multiple people and they'll tell me this my mom died of cancer at the age of 50 her grandma died of cancer at the age of her great what am i hearing thanks for listening the elijah fire podcast is made possible by donations like yours to become a partner visit elijahfire.com slash give or even yeah. car crashes every year i had someone telling me every year i have to have at least two crashes and i lose my license at least a couple of months but that's not normal no yeah no <laughs> So the moment we have this spiritual awakening, like John G. Lake, and we're like, the moment I get this, everything in me will rise up to come against this. Mm -hmm. So the biggest question is, is this, Jeff, is healing God's will? Yes. <laughs> yes. And when we pray for people, I tell you what many people said, and I'm actually going to say this quick story. It's actually a sad story. But because I want to teach this course, the most truthful manner I can, I'm going to say. Mm -hmm. So I was, I was ministering to a young girl. She was a bride. She, had, she was newly wed. She was only wed for four months. And uh, she found out that she had cancer all over her body. She came from a traditional church and she had fully believed, and this is horrible, that sickness was the will of God for her. Mm. And especially cancer. And her priest said this to her, and this doctrine is being taught all around in many traditional settings, that when God chooses you to be the bride of heaven, God gives you the sickness in your body so you prepare rather than going and buying a house or a car. No, the last few months uh -huh. in your life, you're just going to prepare for this condition because you're going to be fasting, going to be praying. You're getting ready to go to heaven. So she came to our ministry and she told me that. And I said this to her. I said to her, the will of God is for you to be healed. And unless you believe that, it will be very hard for you to be healed because you believe that God gave you this condition because it's his will for your life because he's going to promote you because he's getting you ready for heaven. Mm -hmm. So she said, okay, pray for me. I prayed for her. I did everything I can. I rebuked the cancer. I commanded every cancerous cell to shrivel. I was seeing other people healed of cancer. But her condition kept on getting worse. Mm. One day her husband called me and said to me, Yvonne, they've transferred her to the hospice. And I'm still believing that for you to pray for her. And I was like, I am coming. I drove about an hour. I walked into the hospital. I was full of rage and anger at cancer. And the spirit of death, and I'm saying, no, you're not going to get a hold of this young girl. You're going to leave. And so I went in that room, and I began to pray. And she was mumbling. She was saying something. And every time I commanded the condition to go, she would say this, only if it's your will, God. Oh, wow. Only, only if it's your will, God. Wow. So I would say, cancer in Jesus' name, you die right now. She goes, only if it's your will, God. Cancer, I command you to die, only if it's your will, God. And then I was like, don't worry, I still pray, I have more authority than she is. 
by the time I got home, I received the sad news that she's gone. Mm. And that the Lord said to me, I wanted you to hear what she's saying because she needs to come into alignment with my will. She was blocking my healing. She was refusing my healing. So we need to get to the core bi biblical teaching. What does the Bible say about the will of God? Yeah. So let's begin with the first um, verse. And I would love for viewers to just write this down because it's really going to help you. The first one is written in John 1.18. It says this, no one has ever seen God, but the unique one who is himself God is near to the Father's heart. He has revealed God to us. So Jesus, his main assignment was not just to save us, but also to reveal the Father who is the Father to us. Why? Because the character of the loving Father was not that clear in the hearts of many in the Old Testament. God was seen as a judge. God was seen as someone who would take revenge. But Jesus wanted to make sure that the heart of the father is revealed. So what did he do? He did the will of the father. Where do I see that? John 6, 38. Jesus said this. I have come down from heaven to do the will of God who sent me, not my own will. What does that mean? Every time Jesus healed, he was doing the will of God here on earth. So it means that the will of God here on earth is for us to be healed because there is no way that Jesus would do something that is contrary to the Father's heart. And we never ever get to see Jesus pray and ask God if it's God's will to heal someone or not. Mm. We never. In actual fact, he healed multitudes. He healed crowds. Were they all repentant? Were they all full of faith? Did they all believe? No. But the power that he was carrying was penetrating everybody around him. And so we need to be settled in that. I'm going to say a story from Mark 1.40. And the reason I want to highlight the story is I want to highlight it from a Middle Eastern perspective. Okay. Because in the Western world, when you talk about leprosy, we actually don't have much leprosy around. No, <laughs> no. So we don't understand. We just no. think, is it like eczema? Is it like a bad eczema? And so leprosy is horrible if someone has been diagnosed with leprosy their life is over and so in this um, example of mark 140 it says that there was a man he came and knelt in front of jesus begging to be healed and he had leprosy so i want to highlight that in jesus's days leprosy meant contagious skin disease. It literally means that if he touched you, if he touched Jesus, the normal thing was that Jesus was going to get this disease because it's a very highly contagious disease. This was caused by a bacteria which attacked the nervous system 
And as a result, it deformed all the um, fingers, it deformed the flesh, so people's flesh would be falling off them. This is how horrible it was. Like you would see people with no fingers, you would see people with parts of their flesh missing. Yeah, no was- nose, all kinds of stuff. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> we don't see that now, so we don't right. understand. We read this account as if it's just two lines in the Bible, and we really don't understand the danger and the extent. Luke's gospel is a little bit different to Mark's gospel. Mark says he had leprosy. Luke says he was covered. In other words, from head to toe, this man had no features. He was covered with this horrible bacteria. Josephus, who was a first century um, historian and just documented what happened, he said that in Jesus's days, if you had leprosy, you are considered dead. You had no life. You, if you had to be cast out of the city and left outside to rot and to die, you, you had to tell your family goodbye. And if anyone saw you, they would have to say, unclean, unclean. This is Leviticus 13, 45. And then it says this, that the penalty for any to break the law in Jewish law, the punishment was 40 lashes. Um, In Jesus's days, they made it 39, but in the Old Testament, it was still sitting at 40. And so to have this condition, you have brought serious defilement social defilement, spiritual defilement, you are done. And you cannot touch anybody. You can't be in the presence of anyone. So what was this man thinking? Honestly, when he came and he said to Jesus to to heal him, he said this to him, if you are willing, you can. So he believed that Jesus can. He just wasn't sure if Jesus is willing. And that is the position of many believers today. Hearing this, you're like, I know God can heal me of everything. But is he willing? And if he is willing, is he willing to do it now? Like Mm -hmm. while we're on the show, Jeff? (laughs) Are we willing to stretch out our hands and say, I am receiving my healing now by faith? And this is the thing. The Bible says that Jesus did the unthinkable. Mm -hmm. He did what no one in his right mind would do. There's no way. Because he didn't just say a command. The Bible says that he had to reach out and touch him. And that is to confirm that I 1 billion percent want to heal you. And I want to highlight that because we just think, okay, if, if it's just a little bit of his will, he didn't have to touch him. Jesus used to say a command and people would be healed. But this, he touched him. He laid his hands on that condition. And rather than the flow of leprosy, entering Jesus's body and defiling him, Power went out from him and brought healing to this man. So does Jesus want to heal me or does he not want to heal me is going to be the question we need to answer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then also I'm reminded of uh, going back to John G. Lake. There's a famous account 
of him. He was working with uh, in Africa, I believe it, it was people were dying of some kind of a plague and there was like this foamy blood like coming out of their mouths. And then he was just people were like, what? Like it was like very contagious, even amongst like getting it from dead people. And they were like, what are you doing? And he's like, Romans 8, 2. The law of the spirit that gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. And and so he's like, take the, they, they looked under a microscope, they put it in his hand and they said, look again, they could see the bacteria and they put it in his hand. And he said, okay, now look at it again. And it was completely gone. Wow. And I'm like, the, like, <laughs> that's, that's wild. And, and this is recorded stuff, you know? Uh, and I'm like, man, like that's, that's giving credit to everything that you're talking about during this teaching, right? Is that level of faith and knowing that it's God's will to heal and knowing that God wants to use us to partner with him in bringing that healing. You know, obviously it is God that's healing people. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Yep, absolutely. And you get to see, Jeff, that every, those who receive their healing, they throw out of the box. Mm -hmm. You know, you think about the woman with the issue of blood. It's the same thing. When you're bleeding, you cannot touch a rabbi. You're not allowed because you will bring defilement to the rabbi. The rabbi would have to stay home for seven days. They cannot minister. They lose income. So no one, no rabbi would want to be touched by a woman. She knew yeah. that. She knew that real well. But what did she do? She said in her, she said that she said this in her heart. If I was to touch him, I will be healed. Why would she do that? Because she would have heard that Jesus cleansed the leper. Testimonials of Jesus were brought to her. And the thing is, why would this, how could this man who had, who was covered in leprosy would actually step forth and ask for that? Unless the radical reputation of Jesus's compassion had preceded him. Mm -hmm. This guy knew full well that he's going to heal me. He knew it. There was, and that is the difference between someone who's going to believe and receive their healing and someone who's not. Because hearing these people are like, he definitely wants to heal me. This is not a coincidence. The moment I believe that in my heart, I begin my journey today. Even if my healing begins to manifest gradually, even if it's instant, but I begin this journey today with God to repent and just say, I am so sorry because my will as of today will be your will. I will fully believe that it's your will to heal me. What really confirms that is Luke 17. Luke 17, we get to meet 10 lepers, not one. Because are you trying to tell me that the 10 were repentant? Are you trying to tell me that the 10, because someone would say, well, maybe he could have healed five and left five. Maybe he could have healed two. And But the Bible says that the 10 came to him. He said to them, go show yourself to the priest. So they needed, and this is important in healing, it's called acts of obedience. Sometimes God will ask you to do something that doesn't make sense. Why? They should not have gone to the priest until the healing was there. Because when you got healed of leprosy, you go to the priest and you give a gift to the priest and he announces that you are clean. But they were still unclean and Jesus said to them, go. 
So that confirms that he's willing not just to heal one, he was willing to heal 10. He was healing to heal crowds. And that makes me believe on the inside of my heart that it is 100% the will of God to heal every single person. Why is it that we don't see healing manifest? It's because the kingdom of God is not manifest everywhere on the earth. There are reasons which we don't know. And if I can be humble, the answer is we don't know. No one knows. We do our part, but it's like salvation. The more you pray for salvation, more people believe and receive Jesus, right? The more you pray for the sick, more people will be healed. And that needs to be our understanding and the way that we practice healing. But we won't be able to practice unless we 100% believe that it's God's will to heal. And if I can get that point across, because this has been a huge storm. Um, so we now move to the next point. Um, unless you want to ask me anything, Jeff, before I move to. No, I think. Uh, well, OK, um, hold on. So I kind of want to go back a little bit because we talked about the whole notion of being a new creation. And you may have already hit this kind of, but I think it's worth revisiting really pointed like this is is the whole idea of, okay, I'm a new creation in Christ, right? But I still have trauma and I still have all these things, you know? So um, let's talk about that a little bit, just really quick. Um, is, is, why is that? Okay, so if I'm a new creation and, you know, I accept Jesus and all of a sudden I can even recognize I'm a new creation. Yeah. You know, and how you were talking earlier about how time doesn't heal wounds. Um, uh, only Jesus does. And that is 100% true. And I stand by that. Uh, there are people who are like, okay, I'm a new creation, but I, I, I still have all these things. And so is it just that sometimes it's, it's, it's a flesh thing. It's sometimes it's, you know, there's, you know, our, our soul, it's a soul issue, a mind, will, and emotions. Uh, it could be an issue with that, you know, obviously, because that's what trauma is, is it's, it's a soul issue. Yeah. It doesn't change the fact that we're saved. It doesn't change the fact that we are new creations, but is it just that we're getting our body and our soul in alignment with our spirit? Is that what that is? Or I'm just curious. Yeah. You've hit the nail on the head, Jeff. Yes, definitely. And I'm going to do a whole teaching just on that because oh, great. when we, we, we need to understand, I think it's 1 Thessalonians 5, where the Apostle Paul said that I pray that you would be sanctified through and through in your spirit, soul, and body. So we actually don't understand that when we are born again, we have received the resurrection power of Jesus in our spirit. Mm. That power needs to manifest in our sick bodies. The way that it does that is through the soul. And that's why I'm talking about believing the will of God. Why? Because the soul is where there is the mind, will, and emotions. So if my mind fully believes that it's not the will of God to heal me all the time, that's my soul, well, that is going to trap the power that is in my spirit to get to my sick body. It's going to be trapped and many believers, this is sad to say, will actually die. 
with this power in their spirit, which has never manifested in their sick bodies. So that's definitely an avenue. And I really want to, I've got a wonderful diagram, which I will bring on one of the teachings just to show that it's like a tap. And your spirit needs to Great. open up. It's a pipe diagram and it needs to get through to your. So when I started on this journey, I had to, I knew that my spirit had everything it needed. Help Elijah Fire continue to make an impact around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Fire and the Elijah Fire podcast possible. Visit ElijahFire.com slash give and become a partner today. I have a born again spirit. I am not going to get another spirit, by the way, when I get to heaven. I'm going to go to heaven with the spirit that I have right now. The journey of the Christian walk is to renew my mind and to begin to believe that healing is the will of God, that God wants me well. God doesn't want to see me die of cancer at the age of 30. He doesn't want me to bury my children. Parents are not meant to bury their children. We're meant to resurrect the dead. We're meant to pray for them to be resurrected. But because there's not much revival going around, what do we, what do we say? And this is going to be next week's teaching. We're going to begin to quote Old Testament scripture. We're going to quote Job. And what Whoa. do we say? The Lord took. The Lord gave. Let that, and oh, it sounds so holy, Jeff. But <laughs> Jesus said that, you know, they look holy, but they're empty of power. He's calling mm. a young generation to Come raise on. the dead. Wow. He's calling a young generation to demonstrate the healing power of Jesus wherever they go. Mm. No more easy Christianity. No more seeker-friendly. We either, this is it, Jeff, we either have it or we don't. Mm. And this was my pressing into God. You're either going to equip me to do this or I'm just not going to do it because I'm not going to look like a fool. The Apostle Paul said, if we look like fools, let it be. I, I don't mind looking like a fool as long as I manifest the healing power of Jesus, which is the greatest feel of his compassion to a hurting world. So your question, the other thing as well, many people, when they get delivered, they don't go through deliverance. When they get saved, they don't go through deliverance. So there was a, an important question saying, um, Yvonne, did you see someone get healed of food allergy? Yes, I did. But that was related to a demonic spirit. Mm. There was a previous generation in the family that I knew, and they had said that there's going to be certain foods that they won't eat. It was they came from a Hindu religion. So when their child became a believer, Full-on believer. She is beginning to eat normal. Those foods, she got sick. And it's only until she realized that this was connected to something her parents had told her, she broke that spirit. So we need to be aware of there are many demonic spirits attached to previous generations. If they're not in Christ, we need to be delivered from curses, from spirit. Many Muslims need to be delivered from what we call the spirit of the half moon because that is a God that they worship. So when they come to Christianity, they need to be, that spirit needs to be broken. Mm. So we need to, this is the thing, we need to approach this message, um, Jeff, very humbly. Yeah. And we need to just 
go on that journey together. Just be like, okay, Yvonne, it is the will of God. I'm changing my mind. My soul's being renewed, sanctified. And so what that's going to do, my mind, will, and emotion will begin to unite to my spirit. And so that will be two against one. All of a sudden, my body's feeling sick. But rather than saying, you know, I am so sick. The doctor said this. No, I will begin to say I am healed. And I begin to decree that, declare that, walk that, believe that. And all of a sudden, I begin to see that manifest in my physical body. When I begin to understand that this is the inheritance that Christ paid for. I'm receiving by faith, 100% by faith in that journey. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. Let's, uh, I won't ask any more questions cause I'll save them for next week. Okay. Uh, you know, so let's keep, let's keep going. Sure. So the big thing, Jeff, is that the cross of Jesus is the foundation of our faith. Mm-hmm. We are who we are today because of what Jesus has done. So we need to fully come to this conclusion. What has Jesus paid for? So the only way to really understand this And again, I'm going to go to Hebrew texts so that we dig deep into scripture. Um, And so Isaiah 53, let's read that together. It says this, surely he has, he took up our pain. What is pain in the Hebrew language? The English language is like pain. When you say pain, many Westerners would tell you that doesn't mean physical healing. Mm. That just means spiritual condition. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't mean physical healing. And I'm going to show you how physical healing is included in here. The word pain in Hebrew means coli. C-H-O-L-I. What does it mean? What is coli in Hebrew? It means sickness and disease. Mm. I'm going to read that to you again. Surely he took up our sickness and disease. That's what he's saying. Isaiah is like, hello. He took up your sickness and disease. And then he says, And he bore our suffering. Again, the word suffering in in the English language could be spiritual condition, could be anything to do with the soul. But in Hebrew, it means makov. M-A-K-O-B, but it's pronounced V. What does it mean? Pain. Mm. And I'm just believing that those watching us right now, as you hear that pain is leaving your body. Because you're coming to this understanding that this is what Jesus actually paid for. Pain in the body, sickness and disease. And then it says he was crushed for our iniquities. By his stripes, we have been healed. That's past tense. It's already happened in the spirit. It needs to manifest in the body. And so you're thinking, Yvonne, but maybe that's spiritual. It's your spiritual condition. Maybe it's because your soul needs to be saved. Let me tell you, um, Jeff, that Matthew 10 is Jesus on steroids, literally. (laughs) Matthew 10, he starts off by healing the leper. He then goes and heals the centurion's servant. He then, Peter calls him and is like, can you heal my mother-in-law? And he's healing Peter's mother-in-law. And Matthew's watching this and Matthew's like, aha, this is the prophet Isaiah. Jesus is healing because he's fulfilling prophecy. And he says this, Matthew 8, 16 to 17. He said, when evening came, this is Matthew saying, 
many who were demon possessed were brought to him. He drove out the spirit with a word and he healed all the sick. Can you, can you imagine this, Jeff? Oh. Like the whole country, the whole yeah. village, the whole street is, is healed. Yeah. And then Matthew says, hello, this was to fulfill what was spoken through prophet Isaiah 700 years ago. He took up our infirmities and he bore our diseases. Jesus was healing everyone physically because he's fulfilling prophecy. And then Peter, in 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 24, Peter says this, he himself bore our sins in his body on the cross. What does that mean? Why are you so excited that Jesus bore our sins? He said, so that we might die to sin and live for righteousness. And if I was to die to sin, sickness is a consequence of sin. He said, because by his stripes, you have been healed. Where does it say that? Isaiah said that. Mm -hmm. So Isaiah said that. Matthew said that. Peter said that. So we need to understand that on the cross of Jesus Christ, healing has been paid for. It's been taken care of. Jesus paid the ultimate price for that. So how long am I wheeling and dealing with this disease and sickness? How long do I have to keep on saying, is it God's will? Did Jesus pay? Did he not pay? How long? And the Bible says this, that when we're double-minded, what does James say? He said, we are like the waves of the sea. We go nowhere. Mm -hmm. And I know many believers, Jeff, many that have been in the Lord, you're talking about 34 years, that have never seen one healing. Yeah. They never prayed for anyone and saw this glorious healing manifest over someone's body. Why? Because the worry is, I'm going to heaven, so salvation is an insurance policy. Mm -hmm. I'm going to heaven, but when is heaven coming to earth? When is it? Where, and, where, and who is God going to use? Like in the book of Isaiah, who will I use? He said, send me, Lord. And so are we going to be those people who are going to be like, send me, Lord, send me to the hurting, send me to the sick, send me mm. to the blind. Let's empty out those hospitals. Let's go out and show what Jesus can do. Or are we still going to sit there thinking, I don't know, I don't know if she's biblical enough. And I'm telling you, I've gone to the root of the biblical text. We've looked at Hebrew scriptures. We've looked at Sozo, Greek scriptures. What else do we need to do so that we can jump up and go lay hands on everyone we see mm -hmm. and begin to believe and receive the healing? Mm. Yeah. Amen. Okay. So someone, uh, prayer warrior, um, asked, do you stop praying for people who don't really want healings and miracles or do we pray for God to change their minds? Okay. I, I that question, you know what, Jeff, this is going to challenge some someone and i say that in all humility jesus never asked us to pray for the sick yeah what okay yeah <laughs> elaborate yvonne <laughs> <laughs> jesus said go heal the sick jesus says you have what it takes that yeah. poor person 
who doesn't want you to pray for their sickness, it's not because they don't want you. No one in this world does not want to get healed, Jeff. People right. want to get healed. Yeah. It's just because they're disappointed. It's mm. because they would have prayed for their condition um, over and over and nothing happened. So they don't want you to be disappointed. So they're just saying, don't worry about it. I'm saved. I'm going to be with Jesus. I, I really don't, don't worry about that. So when we be understand that we carry authority, remember last week we spoke about authority and we spoke about the police who's been on the job for less than a couple of hours. You know, you just left the police for, you just employed one hour, you got a badge. Do you go and stop cars? And they're like, how long have you been in the job for? They, they stop. Right. Why? Because they see that you're dressed like a police. You're a police. They stop you in the name of the state. So we need that person that's asking that. You need to exercise that authority in love. And so it's not about praying for the sick. And even when we pray, we don't, we're not like, please, God, would you heal this person? And we even say that, Jeff. God, they've served you all their life as if that God needs to be reminded of it. Yeah. <laughs> and as if when we serve God, the reward is going to heal us. We get healed because of what Jesus paid for, whether you serve or you don't, whether you go to church or you don't, whether you're a Christian or a Muslim or a Hindu or a Buddhist. So the idea is for us as believers to know and understand that we're not going to pray for the sick. We're going to heal the sick. What does that mean? When you see someone who is sick, you just command the sickness to go. You command the pain to go because you've got to understand that this is not part of God's design for them. I mean, if mm -hmm. they reject and say, don't pray, that's fine. Don't pray. Um, or if you want them to get a new revelation in healing, of course, pray for them. But the idea is, why don't we exercise authority? Why, why don't we mm -hmm. speak in boldness? Why don't we come and say, I'm going to pray for you. And I am believing God for your healing. You know, and it's and the way we pray is we speak in authority. The way I normally do it is like, Father, in the name of Jesus, always start with the name of Jesus and don't say the name of Jesus too much because you really want to understand that the power is in the name. When you use it all the time, you just think that it's just a normal name to use. No, this name moves mountains. This name resurrects the dead. So we got to be careful how we say it and when we say it. But I would normally say something like, Father, in the name of Jesus, we take authority or I take authority over that condition right now. The moment I say that I now have authority through Jesus' mm -hmm. power and I bind that condition or I release your healing into that condition. or G And this is the thing. Those who want to practice the ministry of healing, Jesus never prayed long prayers. Yeah, no, he didn't. <laughs> He's never quoted Bible verses. And we get to see, God, your word says that if two or three people, we know God knows what his word says. So what do we do? Learn how Jesus did it. What did Jesus do? Be healed. How, how did P Peter do it or Paul do it? Be healed. He gave a command and it's the level of authority. It's not how loud you get. It's not how angry you get. It's the authority that yeah. you understand that you carry. You need to be like, okay, I'm, I need to tell people, I'm about to pray. And let me tell you, when I pray, 
something's going to happen. Now, you don't say that in prideness. You say that because you recognize who you have become in Jesus. Mm. You recognize because you are his hands, his feet, and his tongue on this earth. And when you step in the room, the atmosphere changes. If you don't believe you carry that power, nothing's going to happen. I can tell you that now. Nothing's going to happen. Yeah. Let me tell you about my first, the first time God used me to heal somebody. Yeah. This okay. is going to help somebody. Yeah. But I was very hungry and still am, but 10 years ago. And I remember looking on the internet and saying to Mina, there's a conference called Fire Conference. Um, and I think it's this American guy because I was living in Australia at the time. And I think that uh, he's going to talk about the Holy Spirit. I didn't even know it was going to be healing. But I go to this conference and it was actually Dr. Randy Clark. And he was teaching Global Awakenings curriculum. And he taught and taught and taught. And in four days, my mind was converted. I was like, oh, my God, healing is God's will. Mm -hmm. I'm going to pray for the sick. And he told this. He said that words of knowledge, God gives us words of knowledge And he gave three avenues to um, what is the word of knowledge? It's a secret information about somebody that Holy Spirit will reveal to you so that you can help them get healed. So, for example, someone has cancer in the right breast. Now, you don't know that. No one told you that. So you would be like, this is what the Lord showed me. You can see it in the spirit. You can hear it. Sometimes you can feel it if it's pain in the body. So Dr. Randy Clark's teaching on this. And then he said, you're about to, he said to everyone, you're about to receive your first word of knowledge. You can see it. Maybe you can hear it. Maybe you can say it, feel it. So Jeff, I'm sitting next to me and my husband and I close my eyes and I get to see an old man and there is um, pain in his the lower part of his neck. I saw this like a red circle and it's like vibrating in the area. So I said to my husband, I think that there's someone in this meeting and God wants to heal you from this condition. And my husband said to him, okay, put up your hand and tell Dr. Randy that that's what you're seeing. And I said, no way I'm going to do that. That's probably my imagination. And this is where I want to help someone because God uses your imagination. When you get saved, your imagination gets saved along with it. So trust what you see in the realm of the spirit because I was not going to step out. And my husband said to me, Yvonne, this is his words to me. If you don't practice what you saw in the spirit in a safe environment, you'll never have the boldness and the courage to do that in the outside world. Mm. And he said this to me, hey, if you get it wrong, what's the big deal? And I tell you, Jeff, I was shaking. Yeah. Yeah, I've been there. Yeah. (laughs) He called me up. What did you see? And I said, this is what I saw. He said, okay. Um, And he told the people, is there anybody here with this condition? And at that point, I felt like I was going to collapse. And I felt like no one's going to come out. I'm going to look like a liar. People are going to be like, she just made that up in her head. And I tell you what, someone put up their hand, one person. And Dr. Randy said, you need to pray for him because you got the word of knowledge. 
I kid you not, Jeff, the moment I said, be healed in the name of Jesus, this man had the condition for over 14 years. He could not even move his neck. The pain was so intense. It was an injury that he had. And he was completely and totally healed. Wow. That experience transformed me because at that point, I wasn't just convinced that it's God's will. I wasn't just convinced that healing was in the atonement. I was convinced that I carried the authority of Jesus and Jesus can use little old me. And mm. if he could use an ordinary girl like me, God can use anybody watching us. Like what you're hearing? Help us continue to make Elijah Fire and the Elijah Fire podcast possible. To get behind this ministry, visit ElijahFire.com slash give. Now back to the show. Yeah. That's really cool. Um, okay, so Yvonne, I have a question. Um, so I because I, I know there's other people that have this question too. And I, I do believe you you touched on this a little bit earlier, but again, just like early, my question previously, I want to kind of focus in on it. So in that instance, I I mean, I would when you were praying for that, I would wager both this guy's faith and your faith were like, we, be, you know, we're, I mean, you're both in this like Randy Clark thing, you know, it's like every, everybody's faith is going to be pretty high yep. in, in a situation like that. But there are times when people are like, I do have, I, I do have the faith. I do believe God can, can heal me, but then he doesn't. Right. So there are those instances and maybe there is no answer. It's just like, keep pressing in, you know, like, um, but there are times when like, cause I think like, I think of like, um, you know, there are people like in the Bible that Jesus prayed for that, you know, like you were saying earlier, like not everybody's faith was like, you know, there, there were skeptics in there that I would, I would be willing to, to bet that there were some skeptics in those crowds that got healed. And I've seen, there's some great documentaries like finger of God and furious love. I think furious love, courageous love, one of those two. Anyways. Um, where people they go out and they lay hands on people and they, they, and they're total skeptics and then they get pray they, they, they get healed. Right. Um, and maybe it was just their yes in that moment to say, yeah, sure. You can pray for me. And that was, that was enough for God. So I would just love to hear your thoughts on all of that, that I just talked yep. about. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. I tell you what, Jeff, faith is a, an important principle, mm -hmm. but faith is not it. Because as you said, there's many people, they don't have the faith and Jesus mm -hmm. healed them. A great example is found in John 5. You have the man who is um, paralyzed for 38 years. And uh, 38 years being sick. It, yeah, it, it is John 5. 38 years, he was sick. When Jesus walked up to him, this guy had no faith. What sort of faith did this guy have? He was sitting around the pool of Bethesda. Everyone around him was sick. And he believed that at times there's this angel that comes, stirs the water. And the first person who comes in after the stirring of the water, then gets healed. So what was actually blocking his 
faith or his healing is that he had one set way or one set method of getting healed. That's the way. Sure. He yeah. wasn't open to anything else, but you can see that he did not have any faith because he didn't ask Jesus to heal him. I mean, he's not your Bartimaeus. So you get to see that Jesus healed all regardless of their faith. Therefore, and this is going to help somebody because people could be like, okay, Yvonne, I love what you're saying. I just don't have the faith. What do I do to exercise great faith? So I'm going to give you an example, Jeff. Yeah. Imagine you have two people in your life. You have a son and you have someone who you don't know. They both need a thousand dollars. And this is just to help someone understand the principle. Your son needs a thousand dollars or, and the stranger needs a thousand dollars. They both need it. Who will require more faith to come and ask you your son or the stranger the stranger exactly yeah. so what does that mean faith is relational why is it that your son will have absolutely no issues coming and saying dad i need a thousand dollars and mm. why because he knows you Mm -hmm. He knows you so well. He knows you're not going to say no. But the stranger is going to be like questioning, should I ask? Should I justify why I need the money? Should, why? Because there's no relationship. Mm -hmm. So what I found out is that the greatest, how can I say it, like vitamin to build up faith to take you to another level is relationship. Mm -hmm. So we're like, God, increase my faith. No, we shouldn't say that. God, increase my relationship. I will, and that is why the Apostle Paul said this. What is his greatest request? It wasn't faith. You know what he said? He said, I want to know Christ. I want to know the power of his resurrection. That was his pressing in. So we go after healing. We go after faith. But really what we need to go after is relational intimacy. Hmm. Why? Because Jesus said this, that the works that I do, it's not me who does them. He said, the father who is living on the inside of me, he does his work through me. What does that mean? Jesus did what he did, said what he said, because the father lived in him by the power of the spirit. So we need to become mature for the mature believers if I want my faith to go to another level, what I need to do is press in to know him, hmm. to know his love, to know the depth, the width of this love for me and who I have become in him. Hmm. And as I know him, I tell you what, Jeff, without you trying, it will be effortless. You will be um, exhibiting great faith. Hmm. Now, this is, again, crazy. Jesus said to two people only that they had great faith. Two people. What is interesting is both of them were not part of the covenant. Right. Okay? Right. So it was crazy that they moved in the level of faith. The first one is the man who is the centurion, who had a servant, and he was, he was a Roman. He was not mm -hmm. from the people of Israel. He said to Jesus, that my servant is sick. Um, and you don't need to come and heal him. He said, just give the word. I get authority. I know how it goes. Right. Like, and, who what? Was, <laughs> right. and who was, was Jesus in this instant? Jairus. 
who was the leader of the synagogue. Jesus was on his way to heal Jairus' daughter. So the leader of the synagogue had no faith and wanted Jesus to physically come. But the centurion said to him, you don't need to come. And Jesus said to him, whoa, that's crazy that you knew what I carry and what I could do without even being part of the covenant. The other person was the Canaanite woman. And again, she exhibited great faith Although from a surface level, it came as if Jesus was called towards her. So Jesus doesn't actually require great faith. He wants a great relationship. And as my relationship gets deeper and deeper, faith will grow. Why? Because Jesus said, you only need faith as small as a mustard seed. It wasn't the amount of faith. It was the quality of faith. Because the mustard seed had all, it's got everything in it to grow into a tree. So it's not the amount, it's the quality. When the quality of my relationship with Jesus is about what he's done, his love for me, who I've become through him, how he wants to use me. What's going to happen is I'm going to believe him for great things without even me trying. Why? Because he's going to become my father. He's not just my savior. He's not just somebody who just came and saved me. He's adopted me. And that's why the whole New Testament and the epistles, they're about the ministry of being adopted into God's family. So I love faith and there's a lot of important principles like getting rid of unbelief, moving in great faith. But can I say these are all principles? It's all it is, but God can still work. So even if someone's right now and you're feeling, I don't have the faith, trust me, just surrender and God will heal. Yeah, I think that's really good. Maybe we have the faith for you. So this stuff, think about um, the man who had, no, the four friends, and they had a friend who was paralyzed. And the Bible said that they opened up the roof and they brought him and put him in front of Jesus. Now, maybe the actual man didn't have enough faith, but the friends had faith. So sometimes you can have faith for somebody else, even if this somebody else doesn't have enough faith. But faith should never be a blockage. And if I want to grow in faith, I grow in relationship. And then I'll find myself walking in great faith. Yeah, because I think that to to your credit, I think especially given my upbringing, you know, we weren't exposed to the gifts and all that. And, and so I think especially in the West, we try really hard to box God in. We want to try and understand stuff so we box this thing and that thing in. And unfortunately, God can fall into that same type of operation, um, you know, where we're just like, okay, got to get him in a box, got to understand this so that, okay, this is who God is. But it was this acknowledgement, what began to happen with me was this acknowledgement that I don't know as much as I think I know. (laughs) And, and it would happen every single time I would, you know, you get God in this box, and then you hit these invisible boundaries that you set up and you start to feel really uncomfortable, right? You can be in a situation. Everybody knows what I'm talking about. You're like, this is different. (laughs) You know, I don't know how I feel about this. And, you know, my approach is with God has always been God. I'll acknowledge that discomfort and I'll say, 
you know I'm just you know I'm uncomfortable right now. Yeah. However, if this is an area that I need to grow in and I need to learn, and this is also an area that you want to connect with me on, then that's what I want. That's the goal is we want connection with God. We want intimacy with God. So that's what I want. And yeah, it was like in this instance, it was this guy was coming in. I was in YWAM at the time. This guy was coming in and he was like super Pentecostal and he was praying for people. And I started seeing my friends getting slain in the spirit. And I'm like, Oh, see God, you know, I think this is fake, you know? <laughs> and I was like, but I want you. That's what I want. So if this is an area that you want to experience me in, and it was hilarious because the guy like walked up to me and didn't even get his hand on me and I fell, <laughs> you know? So it's like, ultimately the goal is we want him like he's the he's the person we desire so any fleshly interruptions or disruptions that i may experience soul issues i just ultimately my my desire is him and so that's that's our focus and all those other things they kind of just they get, they just burn away you know so and, you know. and i tell you what jeff what's really sad is many people receive their healing and walked away from the lord because mm, yeah I know some people, right? Yeah. And, and I used to think, whoa, if you've tasted that power, you're never walking away. That's not true. Yeah. Because it, that once that love is established between the believer and Jesus. So I want to say that before we pray, any healing or any deliverance that does not lead an individual to Jesus is nonsense and it's lost its power. Hmm. And this is really important because the goal is to bring someone to realize that Jesus cares about them. This is, if I can say this, Jeff, this is all about Jesus mm -hmm. from beginning to end. So yeah. if I pray for someone, it's not for me to say, oh, man, I practice. And, I, and, and you know, then we become like those new age healers and they call themselves healers. And that is so evil. We're not that. We are united to Jesus. It's through his love that he heals people to free, to free them from sickness and disease, to bring freedom to their life. So if you, if this is someone's heart, and I would love to pray for activation of yeah. those gifts, but let the whole aim, it's all about Jesus. Mm. Amen. Okay, Yvonne, I'm going to let you pray. Okay. Yeah, well, let's do it. But amen, let's do that. Well, let me first pray for the sick. If you're you're struggling and there's unbelief or Yvonne, I've received prayer before or whatever it is, I just want you to let God touch you. So receive. As I am praying, I just want you to receive. Let this word of God penetrate every cell in your body. Um, test yourself. In other words, after prayer, do something that you were unable to do before. And once you receive your miracle, send a testimony to Elijah Fire and say, hey, guys, I was watching. This is what happened, because that's really going to encourage us. And you're going to bring glory to Jesus. Mm -hmm. So just start, lift up your hands and invite the presence of the Holy Spirit. Father, I just thank you, Lord. Holy Spirit, come. You are the glorious healer. Father, I just thank you for every need that is presented before you right now. 
every single person. Father, I pray in the name of King Jesus right now that as they begin to hear God, even at the sound of my voice, Father, that sickness and disease will disappear from their body right now. We come into agreement, Father, in the name of Jesus to release the power of your healing right into their bodies right now. Father, I just thank you. And Lord, we put a demand on the healing presence of heaven. Thank you, because this is your will. Thank you, because you paid the ultimate price for us to do this. So in the name of Jesus, yeah. I command every demonic spirit, if it's the root cause of this condition, to go and to leave this body in the name of Jesus right now. And Father, I pray right now for food allergies to, to disappear. I pray, God, in the name of Jesus, you said not to pray, but to heal the sick. So Father, in the name of Jesus, I command every cancerous cell to shrivel and to die right now. I speak healing to blood disorders in the name of Jesus. Asthma. I see the Lord healing asthma in the, in the name of Jesus. Skin conditions. I thank you. I thank you. You healed that leper, God, who was covered in leprosy. Thank you because you're doing it again right now. Paralysis in the name of Jesus. I command paralysis to go Parkinson's yeah. disease in the name yes. of Jesus. Hallelujah. Father, I just thank you as you are right now moving from screen to screen and just touching your precious saints right now. I thank you, Father. I pray and I lift up right now. I speak healing to eye conditions. And I speak healing to ear conditions in the name of Jesus. Ears be open in the name of yeah. Jesus. Eyes be open in the name of Jesus. I command pain to leave people's bodies right now. I thank you because we stand on the finished work of the cross. And I thank you because you are doing this right now. Father, I ask that you would release angels into their homes right now, that they will feel your tangible presence, release your glory, Father. I thank you as your glory is intensified right now. Here it comes. I just sense that strong presence of the glory of God coming, coming into your home, coming into where you are right now. Just receive that. Just begin to say, thank you, God. Thank you for your glorious presence that's removing sickness and disease. I speak, God, in the name of Jesus, healing to diabetes, high blood pressure, even if there's an anxiety, depression, in the name of Jesus, even if there's a condition that I did not call right now in the name of Jesus, I release your healing and I thank you because you are doing it right now. And Father, I pray for every person, everyone who says, send me, Lord. Everyone who says, I, wanna, I want your kingdom, Father, to manifest here on earth as it is in heaven. Father, in the name of King Jesus, I ask that their relational intimacy with you just goes to a whole new level. That they just fall in love with Jesus all over again. That you become the Alpha and the Omega that you will manifest yourselves in dreams and visions. Father, in the name of Jesus, I activate them right now. 
in those gifts in the name of Jesus. Father, I just thank you as you are activating them right now, releasing courage and boldness, removing fear, that you will begin to use them in such a mighty way to heal the sick, to cast out demons, to raise the dead, and to cleanse lepers. Father, that you would use them to bring about such a revival all around the world. I thank you because this is your heart and this is your will. I thank you in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen and amen. Whew. Amen. Amen. Yes. All right. So everybody, let us know. Give us this testimonies. You can write Yvonne. What's the best way to get a hold of you, Yvonne? Celebratefreedomministries.org is probably the easiest way on the website, Jeff. Okay, yeah. great. Awesome. Yeah. And so we've got links for those in the descriptions, just in case any of you forget. You can go, what was that website again? So Yvonne, you know, you can plug your book, let people know how they can follow you, all that good stuff, the usual, you know. Yes, amen. Uh -huh. So it's, this is the book that uh, I wrote, Revealing the Healer. You can get that uh, off the website. We also have a physical healing school to be equipped in all of those areas. Um, and you can also follow me on YouTube under Yvonne Atiyah or uh, on the website. If you have a prayer need, you can send it to info at celebratefreedomministries.org and we would love to pray for or a praise report and uh, that would be amazing and we can share this maybe next week when i'm on um or if there's a question about anything that we shared and you just want to learn more you can also send it through awesome so that's info at celebratefreedomministries.org yes okay there you go if you need a reminder of what that is just remind what we just said <laughs> and there you go so Yvonne, thank you so much. This was a great part two. And I can't, again, just like last week, I can't wait for next week. It's going to be so great. Um, so thank you so much. Thank you so much, Jeff Byron. You're always a pleasure. Thank oh, you. Thanks. Yeah, absolutely. All right, everybody, that is our show. It's Wednesday. And of course, there's a donation link at the end, ElijahFire.com slash donate. Anytime you donate, that goes towards keeping this free. There's a lot of moving parts behind the scenes, a lot of people involved. Uh, and so that just makes sure that we can keep it five days a week free. But then we're also taking a portion of that. Every single donation, we're taking a portion of that. And we're going and we're funneling it into those water well efforts over in Uganda and now Ethiopia and Nepal and other places wow. this year. It's going to be so great, you guys. Uh, every three days, we're digging a new freshwater well. And that's because of you guys. So God bless you guys. We will see you tomorrow. Bye. This has been Elijah Fire. Thanks for listening. For more episodes like this, you can check out the Elijah Fire podcast on ElijahFire.com, on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can watch us live every weekday at 2 p.m. Pacific time on YouTube, Rumble, Twitch, and Facebook. Elijah Fire is presented by Elijah Streams and is part of Elijah List Ministries. Go to ElijahFire.com slash give for more info on how you can donate today. 